Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. there and thanks for tuning in. This week's sermon was preached by Pastor Kim Peterson and she explores the theme of the body of Christ and how every part is needed. Every member has inherent value. I hope you enjoy her sermon and I hope that you have a terrific week. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and God's beloved Son Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's been said about me, possibly by my mother, that if there is an easy way to do something and a hard way to do something, I will consistently choose the hardest way possible. And the first time I remember hearing this from her is when I was in Mrs. Van Wert's fourth grade class, where we were assigned to choose an organ of the body, research it, and present it to the class. And so obviously I picked the appendix, And instead of making a nice, simple trifold board, the 80s version of a PowerPoint presentation, I decided that I needed to liven things up a bit. So I researched and I prepped my presentation, and then I spent hours one evening creating the digestive system in 3D out of those long, skinny balloons one uses for balloon animals. So I had one balloon that was the large intestine and a different color for the small intestine, and then the appendix was a tiny white balloon, which I filled with water and with great glee popped in front of my class at the climax of my presentation in order to show how the appendix bursts. (laughs) It was a very scientific and highly accurate demonstration. And truth be told, I don't actually remember how that presentation turned out, or God bless my teacher if we ended up with water all over the floor, which seems likely. But I do remember two things that I learned. Number one, mom's right, I always pick the hard way. And number two, I remember learning that the appendix is a vestigial organ, meaning that it's an organ that started out doing one thing and ended up doing another, or in the case of the appendix, ended up doing nothing useful at all. But the challenge of learning or teaching biology is that our knowledge about it changes often rapidly and so regretfully, my 1980s medical research has since been proven about as accurate as my balloon digestive system was. Because as it turns out, the appendix actually does do something. Research in the early 2000s found, for example, that the appendix serves as a sort of storehouse of good bacteria, so that when you get sick and your body needs to resupply good bacteria into your system, the appendix helps with that. And another study showed that it also supports immunity by doing something with B cells and T cells that I didn't take the time to fully understand. But the point is that this organ that I was so quick to dismiss is, as it turns out, actually pretty useful. And so it is with the body of Christ. Because our New Testament reading for today says that God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members and one body, 
The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But on the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Those that seem to be weaker are indispensable. This is such a powerful text for me because, frankly, it's radically countercultural. It was, it was so when Paul wrote it, and it is still today, because society often measures value in ways that God doesn't. For example, is anyone else obsessed with pictures of Prince William and Kate Middleton's kids? I completely am, right? Like, I totally track this on Facebook, on the internet, family photos, paparazzi photos, whatever. I'm obsessed. Why? Because the kids are cute, and their parents are attractive, and famous, and prestigious, and do a lot of charity work, and they also happen to be related to the Queen of England. And so in my eyes, somehow, that makes them more interesting than some random child on the internet. Wealth and fame and obvious productivity and power are all ways that the world measures value. And it's really easy for each of us to use those metrics as well. To me, it's sort of like how no one questions the importance of the heart or the brain or the eyes, right? Their roles are obvious and prominent, and so we give them lots of credit. But the reality is, sometimes, often, when we get sick, the problem isn't one of those obvious and celebrated organs. It's a part of our body that perhaps we haven't even heard of until something goes wrong. And yet these organs that we overlook often are not only important but crucial for our health and survival. And even those that we dismiss, like the appendix, end up having value that we just don't even fully understand. And so it is with the church, right? We see this in congregations. Frankly, those of us who stand up and lead from the front often get a lot of credit. And it is true that worship wouldn't happen in the same way if there weren't pastors and musicians and other leaders. But a lot, a lot, of the work of worship happens behind the scenes. It happens with the nursery care and children's church, with cleaning the floor and straightening the chairs after services, fixing the boiler or the air conditioning, running our microphones, providing the flowers and the liturgical art that seems to magically appear week after week, the bulletins that get edited and printed, and the people who hold our community up in prayer from the pews, from their homes, or from care facilities. And I've left things out. The list could go on. And worship on Saturday and Sunday, it's only one thing that our community does. Every one of us has a role to play. Each one of us has gifts to give, and all parts of the body are important and necessary. And so we often use this image of the body to talk about individuals, as I've just done, a way of thinking that is frankly very American. But when we talk about the body of Christ, it's not just about each of us, but it's also about the church as a whole, which does include us, but it also includes our siblings who are Catholic or Baptist or Methodist, anyone that understands themselves to be a part of Christ's family. It includes believers in Haiti, and Iceland, and Honduras, in Uganda. It includes those who speak English and those who do not. It includes those who are citizens and those who are not, those who are rich and those who are not, those who are able-bodied and those who are not. 
because God's church, God's love, is radically and unconditionally inclusive. And every part of the body matters, including and especially those that society dismisses as less important, as having less to give. And when each part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And each part has something to contribute. And this, friends, is why at Prince of Peace, we as a community emphasize relationships and we emphasize accompaniment. Because frankly, there are tons of ways for us to support others financially or with our time and to try and relieve a bit of the suffering we see in the world. And that desire is good and healthy and I encourage it. But if we only view others in terms of how we can help them, and we don't think about the gifts that they can give to us, then frankly, we're kind of treating them like the appendix. We don't want them to hurt, but we're also not recognizing their value. We're not recognizing their contributions to Christ's work in the world. We're essentially saying, okay, here's some medicine or surgery or whatever to make your pain go away, but we're quick to cut you off and throw you out once we're done because we don't really understand your value as children of God. And we don't understand the gifts that you have to give to us. So if some of you have wondered why we invest the time and the money to send people to Haiti, that's why. Because anyone who has gone to Haiti will tell you that what we learn and take away from the people there is much greater than what Haiti receives from us. The Haitian understanding of community and perseverance and the way that God sustains and provides is something we can learn from and that's just a generalization. I encourage you to really do this, to ask somebody who has gone what they've learned, what they gained, and maybe ask them over coffee because it might take a while. And the same is true for our members who are currently in the Holy Land, because when you're there, it's a powerful experience to see the places where Jesus and Mary and David walked. I was on the steps that Christ walked on a few weeks ago. And truth be told, I'm nerdy enough that I love ancient rocks. But to me, the most powerful aspects of traveling there is to interact with the living stones, the people who make up the children of God in that area. When I was there a few weeks ago, I was able to worship at the Lutheran Church of the Redeemer in Jerusalem, and the service was in English and in Arabic. And when it was time for the Lord's Prayer, each person spoke in the language of their heart. And that could have been considered disruptive, but in reality, it didn't matter that our vocabulary wasn't the same, that some of us ended the prayer at different times, that some of us said debts and trespasses and sins and others the equivalent in English or German or whatever their language was. What mattered is that we were together praising the living God with the words that were closest to each of our hearts. It felt like Pentecost. We made up different parts of the body, and our differences didn't need to be hidden, but in the presence of God could be embraced and celebrated. And so the church in the Holy Land gave to me the gift of diversity and unity, and they also teach me about perseverance and resilience because life is not easy for Christians in the Holy Land. Many, most of them, are Arab and Palestinian. They lack political power. 
They're governed by corrupt governmental systems. Their physical movement is often limited by walls and checkpoints, by passports and residency cards. But even as the number of Christians in the Holy Land decreases due to these challenges, still the community perseveres. Still they have faith and proclaim faith in a liberating and loving God. I saw an example of this while I was there because the following Sunday, the Arabic, the English, and the German-speaking congregations of that church gathered together as one at the Jordan for a baptism. And they posted it on Facebook so that we all could see it. And the pictures of Pastor Kerry and baby Emery are lovely, but my favorite part is this. If you look at this photo between the pastor and the child, you can look across the Jordan and see people standing on the other side. This river, the Jordan, marks the international boundary between Israel and the West Bank and the country of Jordan. Theoretically, if you didn't mind the consequences, you could wade across it and be in another nation. And so the Jordan separates, but the Jordan also brings people together. Because that group of people across the river on the Jordanian side, they are also members of the Lutheran Church. And it would have been so easy for them to say, look, sorry, we won't be celebrating with you. There's too much that separates us. Our citizenship, in some cases, language and culture and things like, you know, national barriers. But they didn't. Instead, they gathered to celebrate the death and resurrection that we experience through the death and resurrection of Christ in our baptism. They found a way to overcome barriers and differences and join with another group of Christians together in one faith, in one body. And this faith and persistence and ability to work towards unity, even through all of these barriers, is a gift that I know I can learn from. Despite physical and cultural separation, they are indeed one body, and we with them. The church in Haiti, the church in the Holy Land, the Spanish teaching church, the AME church, the Catholic church, all of these are part of the body of Christ just as we are. Each group of Christians and each of us has our own gifts, and I thank God for that, and I thank God for each of you sitting in front of me today. Because like the human body, we work together as the body of Christ not because we are all the same, Because frankly, if the body was all hands, we would be in a heap of trouble. But because we're different, as Christians, the God who loves everyone equally, the God who sees the value in all people, calls us to understand that all parts of the body are important and necessary, that the eyes, and yes, the appendix, each have their gifts to give. No one is vestigial in the eyes of God. God has made a world full of different shapes and sizes and languages and ethnicities and abilities and gifts. And these differences, these many gifts, friends, are to be celebrated. And so today, I end this message with a question and with a challenge. The question is this, it's more than one, what are the parts of the body of Christ here in our own community, in the United States, in the world, that you know little about? or that you might view in some ways as less than? What gifts might you be missing out on? And what gifts do you have that you may not have even thought about that you could also provide to others? Ask yourself those questions honestly, reflect on them on the drive home and throughout the week, and then the challenge. 
find a way to share a gift that you might have been keeping to yourself, that you might not even realize you have, with our community. And reach out. Reach out to someone unlike you. Get to know someone who might be a little out of your comfort zone. See them as a crucial part of God's creation and remind them that they have value, not because of what they do, not even because of the gifts they bring, but because we are all equally beloved by a God whose love has no limits, whose love never ends, and allow them to give that gift to you as well. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.